Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Character and Smallman here on 101 ESPN. Dan McLaughlin in for Randy Character today. And let's talk some Cardinal baseball and head to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. We welcome in the Cardinal beat writer for The Athletic, Mark Saxon. Always a joy to talk to Mark Saxon. Saxy, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. My God, I was I got I was a little surprised that it was Danny Mac. What a, what a lethal combination this is on the air, Michelle and Danny Mac. Saxy, my goodness, it's always a pleasure to hear your voice. <laughs> okay, well, we, you and I talk frequently, so I'm sure that uh, you know it's always a pleasure to hear your voice, and I want to hear it as often as I can. Wow, that's touching. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Mark. <laughs> Well, Mark, you're in luck because Dan is filling in for Randy all week, so you're going to get four hours of him daily for the rest of the week here on 101 ESPN. So be sure to tune into that. But, uh, Mark, we had a doubleheader yesterday. The Cardinals split with the Twins. Carlos Martinez made his second start of the season returning for the Cardinals in that first game yesterday. He went three and two-thirds, seven hits, four earned runs, three strikeouts. He went 80 pitches overall. Saxy, how would you evaluate Carlos's return back to the Cardinals? I mean, you know, you just read his line, not great, right? Um it just seems like with Carlos Martinez, he just, you know, he's one of the, there's two types of basic pitchers for me in, in the big leagues. There's that sort of like detached clinical pitcher, maybe like a Zach Granke who just looks like he has no emotion on the mound. And then there's on the other end, there's Carlos Martinez. I think he was just a little excited. You know, he really wants to prove he belongs in that rotation. He talked afterwards about overthrowing his slider in that third inning. I would just encourage people who are sort of down on Carlos at this point, go to baseball reference, type in his name, look at his numbers. This is a really, really good pitcher. Eventually that talent is going to come through. Let's not judge him on two starts against a really good hitting team that were five weeks apart. And by the way, in between he got COVID-19 and was pretty darn sick and visited the hospital a few times. So he's a good pitcher. Give it a little time to play out. Um, again, I would caution people from jumping to conclusions after after a couple of rough starts. What did you think of uh, Daniel Ponce de Leon? He went in game number two. Yeah, Daniel, you know, I always expect this guy to pitch well. He's got really good stuff. He's aggressive. There's times, you know, it's a little bit similar to Carlos, I think, and he's talked about this. When something bad happens in a game, he has t- trouble regrouping at times. He gets angry. But this is a guy, I actually like Daniel Ponce de Leon again, and I sound like I'm viewing this whole thing with rose-colored glasses, but I really think like this is a guy who in the long run could be a good starting pitcher. Maybe he needs to work on sort of that anger management. You know, any of us who have played sports know what that's like at times. Even if, you know, if I hit a bad shot on the golf course, I'm pretty much a wreck for the next five or six holes. I don't know about you, Danny or Michelle, but. I'm very um, calm. Very, very calm. <laughs> I'm sure. Yes. Yeah, that's obvious. Thank you. Um, but anyway, I, I think he's going to be good in the long run. I really do. 
Mark, well, if you're going to do things through rose-colored glasses, let's try to view the Matt Carpenter situation through rose-colored glasses then. Um, Matt Carpenter obviously not putting it together the way the Cardinals would have anticipated this season, but do you think they've just, as Mo said, run out of runway with him? Boy, you're really uh, testing me on this one, <laughs> Michelle. <laughs> I know, I know. Challenge here. The unfortunate thing with Matt, and you know, he's been such a good player in this league for a long, long time, but when you really dig in, and I did a piece late last week where I dug in on some of the peripheral numbers, the stat cast numbers that are a lot of times kind of the story behind the story. Two years ago when he was hitting 140 in mid-May, when you looked at those stat cast numbers, he was killing the ball. It was just hitting it right at people in many cases into that shift. Well, those numbers are not encouraging this year. His exit velocity, I think, and last year as well, his exit velocity on average last year was 200th in the major leagues. It's in the same ballpark this year. He's pulling the ball an inordinate amount of times, um, something like 53% of the ball of the time, which makes it really easy to defend him, right? You just put you put your second baseman or your shortstop in shallow right field and you move the other guy to the right side of the diamond, and he just hasn't been able to adjust to that. Now, is it because he's 34 and his bat's slowing down? A lot of people, I think, if you were to talk to scouts, would say, yeah, that's the case. Um, but they've shown this real patience with Matt Carpenter. One thing you do get, and, you know, the OPS really isn't as bad as you would expect it to be, given what I just said, and that's because he's just so good at managing the strike zone. And he's still drawing walks, which does add value. I mean, we saw last night, bases loaded walk, right? Drives in a run. He's just not hitting the ball as hard as they need for him to, and that I think is something that bears watching. Much as I'd like to continue the rose-colored glasses thing, I think, you have to be honest on this one. I think it's interesting, Mark, when you look at how the Cardinals approach, what, 23 games in 19 days, and Carlson now is out of the picture, at least momentarily. You've got O'Neill, you got Bader, you got Lane Thomas, you got Edmund as a potential outfielder, and then you have Carpenter, Miller as your DH. So you, you can kind of mix and match with all these different guys. I would assume the way that Mike Schilt does this is day by day, and you just kind of ride the hot hand. Is that is that the, the approach that you go with here, day by day? Yeah, 100%, and I think most managers do that. If you look at you know the set lineup, you know, like you think about the Dodgers with that infield for whatever, 10 years, the same guys in the same spots in the lineup, that doesn't happen anymore. Um, and the thing to think about, a lot of people, you know, on Twitter, uh, as you guys know, sometimes becomes sort of this echo chamber and a ch- place for people to vent. People are complaining about Tommy Edmond in the outfield, but look at the performance of the outfielders at that point. You know, Dexter Fowler had just, you know, uh, gotten gotten sick and gone on the IL. He was the only outfielder doing anything. And so I think that's why Mike Schilt, you know, put him out there. Now you're seeing Harrison Bader kind of come around offensively and actually do some nice things, hit some balls really hard. I think that's encouraging. But, you know, when, you're, when your outfielders are batting 7, 8, 9, um, and, you know, a lot of them are hitting 100, 1-something, you know, they're on the interstate and not really driving the ball, there's not a whole lot you can do. And, and even the guy we were just talking about, Matt Carpenter, plays into that because when Tommy Edmond plays the outfield, suddenly there's a spot vacated for Carpenter. So you really have a lineup with holes in it. And that's, that's, I think been the biggest problem for this offense this year, getting any traction is just, you've had some almost kind of automatic outs at times. And that that's just not going to work in the league as it, as it stands today. 
Mark, we're going to fly through September with all of these games that we have here on deck for the Cardinals. But if they get into the postseason, do you think they could be a dangerous team? You know, at this point, I think if you were to you know press me, what would happen? I think it might look a little bit like last year, which is that they can pitch their way through a series or two, you know, but eventually they could run into a team that just either has so much firepower on the pitching side that it completely shuts down the offense or just out slugs them. And I, I, you know, I think if you're going to face like a Dodgers team, you'd rather face them in a three game series than a five or a seven game series. But, you know, you just wonder about whether they can match teams scoring wise. And until something changes here, I just don't think they're giving a lot of evidence of being a team that can do that. Um, On the other hand, if Jack Flaherty gets hot, if Adam Wainwright keeps doing what he's doing, if Carlos, catches fire and pitches up to his ability, which I think is as good as anybody in the league. Yeah. I mean, sure. They could just shut teams down entirely, but right now they just don't look like a well-rounded team, at least to me. How about Dylan Carlson? Uh, Your evaluation of Dylan and number two uh, in terms of where he fits in the final couple of, a couple of weeks for the Cardinals. Well, I think what the Cardinals talk about with Dylan was early on, you know, he was killing some balls, you know, hit a ball 109 miles an hour right to the left fielder. That happened for a while, and then I think he just, maybe it was mental. He saw his numbers, tried too hard. He was in a real slump by the end. He wasn't hitting the ball hard. He was striking out more than, more than he normally would. And so I think, I think this is a good move, to be honest. But I think it needs to be in the context of, you know, look, Mike Trout got demoted to AAA at one point in his career. Now, he was 19 years old, but um, he was hitting – I think high 100s at one point. It happens. I mean, how many great players have not immediately caught fire in their careers? I think people need to remember that he showed a lot of really good things while he was up here. He played really good defense at three spots, which is hard to do. Again, when he's right, he has fantastic strike zone discipline for a guy that age, switch hitter with power. I still think he's going to be a fantastic player. Um, But I do think they had to manage that situation because if you get in that downward spiral and you're his age, you maybe start to think he can't do it at this level. And he was seeing a lot of nasty breaking pitches. <clears throat> That's how they attack him. It's how they attack a lot of young hitters. And it was, I think, put him in a downward spiral. And, if you're sort of managing this team, you have to put an end to that, and I think that's what happened. Do you think it's imperative, though, Mark, that they get him back up here so that he doesn't go back into the offseason having, uh, you know, just the, the, I don't know if a lack of confidence is the right word, but just a, a sour taste in his mouth going into the offseason? Do you think it's important that he comes back up before the season is through? Yeah, I do, and I also think that's the plan, Danny. Um, you know, Mike Schultz said he'd be very surprised if he wasn't back you know, part of it is just all the games, you know, they're going to play with, you know, I don't even know how many is, you know, like 3,000 in 10 days or something last time I counted, right. but they're going to need dudes. And this guy, I do think is one of the 28 best players in this organization talent wise. And so I think they're going to want to see another, another look at that as they, you know, they're probably going to make the postseason mostly because, you know, pretty much everybody's going to make the postseason this year. I think you need to get another look at him to see if he can help you uh, in the playoffs. Um, Again, you want your most talented guys up if they're handling it well, and I think they think he's one of those guys. So, yeah, I'd be shocked if he's not back. Uh, And I'd like to see them give him at least a week before the end of the regular season to show what he can do. 
Mark, yesterday we spent the entire show reflecting on the life and career of the great Lou Brock, who passed away over the weekend. Do you have a memory or story about Lou that you can share with us? For me, it was just so I'm an old dude. And like in the, you know, mid to late 70s, when I was really, really little, there wasn't, you know, as much reason to go downtown as there is now. The team wasn't really that good. It was, you know, so you when as a little kid, I, I would get so excited, though, if we were going because I know I'd get to see this guy who was just so famous and so great. And I just remember, you know, we, we didn't always get the best seats in the world sitting in the left field stands and just staring at the back of this guy's, you know, back and seeing that word Brock. And it just, you know, inspired awe. And so I think for everybody, Sunday was just an incredibly sad day. And, you know, and I, the sad thing for me is I never got to really talk to him. He wasn't coming a ho- around a whole lot when I returned and started covering the Cardinals. Um, I really wish I'd gotten that experience because all I hear is just what a wonderful guy he was. So, you know, just a, a great, great player who, you know, epitomized action and aggressiveness and everything. I think he set really the standard for Cardinals baseball for more than 20 years. And that's, that's incredibly hard to do. Um, you know, as, as dynamic and changeable as, as the game is. It sure is. He was an extraordinary man. Thanks so much, Mark. Great stuff today. Always fun to talk with you. Good talking with you guys. Enjoy. I'll be listening. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Mark. That is Cardinals writer for The Athletic, Mark Saxon. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at Mark A. Saxon. Coming up next is Danny Mack and I wrap up the show for today. We have some news that impacts fall youth sports here in St. Louis. So you're going to want to keep it locked into 101 ESPN.